Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Scott. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we're going, we're, today is going to be part two of last week's episode, which yes. was only going to be one episode, but it became bigger than we thought. Right. So, um, so <laughs> I before, guess we, we were so personally interested in it, we wanted to keep talking about it. So you're welcome. <laughs> well, by the way, folks, that's how we come up with topics. Um, we find stuff that we're personally interested in or that we read or, you know, that we've got some interesting shows coming up. Um, <laughs> and uh, we just throw them out there. So if any of you listeners uh, mm-hmm. have an idea that you would like us, and we've had this happen, we've even had guests on the show who've mm-hmm. actually proposed their own uh, episode for us. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of Newman, for example, uh, when he came on. So if you have ideas for a show, let us know and mm-hmm. we will consider it and it'll be fun. Uh, Michelle, we are a week yes. out. We are a week out from Thanksgiving here in yes. the United States. Yes, it's actually in four days. On Thursday, the 24th. (laughs) So what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Well, you know, welcome to being in healthcare when you or your partner are on call. And so (laughs) because Brian is on call, we're actually going to celebrate our traditional Thanksgiving kind of meal celebration will be on Saturday instead of Thursday. And then we're going to our first NFL game together on Sunday with another couple. So that's kind of exciting. We're not super huge NFL sports fans, but we love to have a good celebration. So we're celebrating a couple days late and I am going to have a relaxing home spa day on Thanksgiving and do some writing. So that's my big plan. Very cool. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, Family's so, too far away to travel for such a short amount of time off for us. Yeah, so, so th- Thanksgiving for us is never, I'll just be unabashedly candid with everybody. Okay. If, I said this when we had Courtney on. Uh-huh. Are there presents involved? I will celebrate <laughs> it. And if there's no presents involved? If there's no presents, it's like, eh. <laughs> And so Thanksgiving... It's not Even genera- though you admittedly are not a good gift giver. So if there's oh, presents wait, involved wait, wait. for Scott. I can't say anything. Oh, I'm oh, I, I'm man. divinely selfish. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, can't tell you, but as a result of that show with Courtney. because with Christina? Courtney? With, uh-huh. I keep saying Courtney, but Courtney. Yeah, with Christina Courtney. <laughs> it's the um, double name thing. <laughs> uh, as a result of that, I actually now am a great gift giver. Uh, but I can't talk about it because... The, that we're airing this before your, I might give it. Your family might hear it. But I'm really push, I really I'm really pushing against the impulsivity of just giving it now. Yes, um, I know me too. So I got to tell you you mentioned the NFL because we are we've got family spread out and you know yes. everybody's got their own lives now and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we in fact are doing uh, Thanksgiving with the family on Saturday. Oh, you too. Okay. Because it's the Iron Bowl. And my oh. wife, my wife's family is from Alabama and she's a huge Roll Tide person. So we're, we're doing a Roll Tide Thanksgiving this year <laughs> instead of being there because we actually had talked about flying back there, but oh. we didn't. Okay. <laughs> so be, be, before we jump into today's show, I know it's Thanksgiving. I found some great trivia questions and I know oh, you're not, uh-oh. I didn't know the answers, uh-oh. So, but I know you won't know the answers. Hopefully our guests will play along. So um, how long was the very first Thanksgiving celebration? Five hours. Three days. Oh, darn it. Darn okay. It. Okay. <laughs> I know that we all had the traditional Thanksgiving meal here in the U.S., right? Turkey, Mm -hmm. mashed potatoes, gravy. Stuffing. Stuffing. 
what meats were first served at the first Thanksgiving celebration? <gasps> you mean it wasn't turkey? I mean, I would imagine. Hint, hint, there was no turkey. <gasps> okay, so I guess, let's see, what animals might have been around at that time? Uh, goat? <clears throat> oh, pheasant. <clears throat> oh, forget it. Fish. So that's coming next. Oh, okay. Fish, fish <laughs> was fish was served. Okay, okay. But, yeah. but my, my question was what meat? Oh, because fish isn't considered meat? Apparently okay. fish is considered seafood. <laughs> well, oh, oh, God, I'm going to sound like those people that were interviewed on the street. This isn't fair. <laughs> All right. So let me, let me help here. What meats were first served at the first Thanksgiving celebration? Venison. Oh, that would make sense. Okay. I don't think I would ever eat this. Swan. Oh, okay. Duck and goose. Duck, oh, well, duck and goose would make sense. But it's fascinating that none of those carried forward. Like there wasn't even any turkey. You're, you're, no, no turkey, but we did get the we did get the game duck duck goose out of that. I know, I'm, make, then, I'm making that up, by the way. And then what PR people do the swans have that they somehow became this protected ballerina experience and something that we delight in watching and we don't eat like i don't, I don't ever I don't remember know. seeing swan on anybody's menu i don't either so, they and, must and, have excellent lobbyists and i have never had seafood for thanksgiving but they are saying lobster oyster fish and eel oh. were part of the first thanksgiving oh. uh, i've never eaten well, eel i don't know about that i have had eel through um sushi eel is a pretty common sushi roll but I doubt there was sushi at the first Thanksgiving. All right. I know you're a health nut, as am I. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, and one of our listeners said eel is delicious and very Belgian. Who I, knew? I, who knew? <laughs> All right. How many calories on average are consumed per person oh. for Thanksgiving dinner? Okay. I'm going to guess something really outrageous, like 3,200. Higher? 4,500 calories per oh. person per dinner per Thanksgiving. Oh, you're kidding. I mean, no. wow, that's more than an average daily intake. Yeah, that's more than double the average daily intake. Oh, so, wow. I, now, I, I, I don't know what was at this meal, but what is the world's, how much, pardon me, how much did the world's most expensive Thanksgiving dinner on record cost? Any idea? Uh, well, is there a time range? Like, is there, this there up until present day? I, I, I will tell you, it was at New York City's Old Homestead Steakhouse. Mm, okay. And it doesn't say how many it doesn't people? Say, it doesn't say how many people, and it doesn't say what was on the menu or what they were drinking. Well, that's wrong because really expensive New York restaurants can be about, you know, they can be five hundred to thousand dollars a person. So how am I gonna? Uh, it's, it's, so that's true. You have no context within which to give this to me. But scientist in me apparently says, the most expensive dinner on record is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, so it could be like fifteen people at a thousand dollars, or or thirty people at five hundred dollars, which would be in the range of okay. So the scientist. All right. So so just just a, a just, just a couple more. I give you a pass on that. How many women were at the first Thanksgiving dinner? The first Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know it? how we know any of this, by the way. I know that's a good point. I'm going to say zero. Nope. The five. Five. Oh. Five people who identified as female. As women, <laughs> although I don't think they thought that way. That's back so then. progressive. All right, so let's, let's let's get a little more real. Who was the first president to pardon a turkey for Thanksgiving? Is it as old as George Washington? I mean, he's mm. the first president, president, but maybe they were still eating. Well, so so let let, let, let me <laughs> let me help you a little bit. George Washington was actually the first president that ordered a national day of Thanksgiving. Oh, but he was not the first president to pardon the turkey. Pardon a turkey. So how about <laughs> um, 
Lincoln. <laughs> Actually, it was John F. Kennedy. It took all that time? Yeah. Wow, it, probably because they thought it was ridiculous. Maybe it, even pardons didn't exist. Well, and then it was George H.W. Bush who made the pardoning an annual event. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not silliness. Go oh, I love silliness. silly. All right, so we'll end it on this since you're going to go do the NFL game and I'm going to do the Iron Bowl. When was the first? Oh, go ahead. When, when was, was the, the first? first Thanksgiving NFL game? What year? Oh, Lord. Oh, I am the wrong person to ask this, but All I'm right. going to guess 1950. Yeah, 1920. Ah, oh, dang it. And, I'll just uh, go back to my elementary school days of crafting a turkey out of a hand. So I'm going to ask. So I'm going to ask you then, and we'll I'll turn the rest of the show over to you. Ready? Apple yes. pie or pumpkin pie? Which is your favorite? Oh, pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. Apple pie um, is mine. Really? Yeah. Well, I I definitely go coconut cream if there that was an option, but it's not very Thanksgiving. No, not not okay. But we had it at our home because it was my brother's favorite. Pie. And so my mom always made a special effort to have his favorite pie. So we had coconut cream. <laughs> there you, hey, what, you know what? I don't, as long as you're being thankful, right? Yes. Yes. There's a lot to be grateful for. We can focus on what, what not to be grateful for, but I think, I think it's not too hard to find things that we're grateful for. Um, gosh, we just watched the remake of um, All Quiet on the Western Front which was about World War II and these mm -hmm. young men from, from Germany, like the, their, their path. And it was just, it was really astounding to see what people faced in these hand-to-hand -hand combat experiences. Oh, you know, um, it, it, it has long been offered that mm -hmm. if we went back to hand-to-hand -hand combat, mm -hmm. there'd be fewer wars. I know, I know. People, it's, it, it's right. It's drone attacks now. Yeah, it's, it it's like their video games. Seven million people died in World War One. Seven million. Seven million. I mean, that's we. You know, we did not even have that large of a population. So when I think yeah. about, you know, there are people that are currently in the middle of a war right now, and here at my home, there's no war going on outside my window. That's something in and of itself to be grateful for. Yeah. I know. mean, it's, it's, what is the saying? Never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. Um, it, it's, it, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I, I think I am going to an NFL game. <laughs> well, there you go. Are you, you're not going to paint your body or your face, are you? No, <laughs> I take no sides and they will take no prisoners in me. There you go. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, family, uh, right. friends, fresh air, um, heat. Yeah, We're we have a lot. If you're winter. listening to this show, you have a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, yeah. You have and your not, hearing. What? You have your hearing. What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, Scott, the jokes continue. Um. <laughs> It, it's that extrovert part of me. Oh, wait, that's another show. <laughs> that's um, another show to come. Yay. Are you an innie or an outie? Stay tuned. All right, let's let let's let's get into the show today. <laughs> yes. Okay. So last time, last episode, we already talked about the various emotions that one can have as a human being. It's the price of being a human, right? Is that we have emotions, and how do you identify them physically or emotionally? What do they feel like in your body? And then how do you express it to others? And how do you ask for help in fixing it versus just is being listened to and heard a fix in and of itself? So I thought we might start by, oh, um, do you think we should talk about more methods of, you know, when you have some emotions that are, that feel difficult or challenging, well, how do you we know, cope with them? I, I will tell you where I 
as somewhat, I mean, I'm not a therapist, right? So sure. I, I'm thinking about you and your practice and the people, the, the various types of people that you must interact with. And then I'm thinking back to my own life. And, and in the context of our show, you know, there was a point in time where I, because I feel emotions so deeply, mm. right? I mean, we've talked about this before, right? If, mm -hmm. if I love you, I love you passionately. If I dislike right. you, I dislike you passionately. <laughs> um, it, it, it's literally, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I really have, it's, it's not too many eh times for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you don't, if it doesn't interest me, I'm not involved in it. That, mm -hmm. of course, then led to my own coping technique of doing Mr. Spock and shutting down. Mm. So I think I think that maybe it would be helpful real quickly from a to, from a therapeutic standpoint to talk about what's the importance of actually acknowledging and embracing your emotions rather than mm. doing the Mr. Spock, I'm going to, you know, sweep them under the rug. Oh, I have them. Mm -hmm. It's not denying that you have them. I have mm -hmm. them. I'm just mm -hmm. not going to express them. It's like stoicism on steroids. Mm. So I think there's a fine balance is if you recognize that you have them and you have a way to process them, even if that is without sharing it with another human, meaning there's a lot of evidence that if you journal your emotional reactions to things, it actually has a direct positive impact on your white blood cell count, your immune system response, and a reduction in going to the doctor. So it's, <laughs> it's, factual and proven over and over again, just look up Pennebaker's research that journaling after difficult times in your life, which is very private, you don't share that with anybody, you don't read it with anybody, will help you heal, help your help you process, and is a great resource for people like me who are a therapist or a healthcare provider. And you can't just tell your friends about your emotions from your work you know, you have a confidentiality pledge. So there's a fine line between that. I don't think you necessarily need to share your emotions with other humans to heal. But if you have another human in intimate relationship with you, like a friend or a romantic partner, and you shut them out of things that are vulnerable to you, you lose, you create a distance between you and that person, and you don't create the connection that comes with sharing vulnerability, so I which gotta, is very I, profound. It, so I love, I, I want to bring a little lighthearted part to this, okay? because we, we're talking about the profound impact of sharing your emotions and your vulnerability and your transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, we both have partners that when we told them about the magnet dudes, the mood dudes. Oh, yes, the mood dudes from last session. Yeah, you're like, what's this on my fridge? What, what What are you doing? I'm not going to do a magnet emotion thing. What are you talking about? Well, I I, I didn't say so. Our basically, you are want perfect. You, I, they actually don't think we're perfect. Um, it could just like, why do you have an emotion thing on your? What? What? Well, you know, I hope Brian doesn't hear this episode. But uh. if he does, honey, I love you. <laughs> And, you know, I do feel like there, I love you, but dot, 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 but I do feel that there can be some, some growth and sharing of emotions that could be positive emotions. Now to his credit, he will, when he's really irritated by something, he, you know, this is the thing between happy and angry. So, so Brian pretty much easily tells me about things that he's happy about, but he also tells me about things that are irritable or, or angry, you know, frustrating. And then do you try to fix it? Not usually. Mm -mm. You don't really? No. no, I ask him, you know, do you, do you want solutions? Cause I know that, that men, not all men, but men tend to share when they want solutions and men, women tend to share when they want mirroring and um, validating and to feel community, you know, just to be listened to. They don't, and to know they're not alone. They don't need a fix other than that. That is the fix. You know, they're, they'll figure out the solution on their own, but they want to feel like they're not alone in it. Right. They want community. So, yeah. So that's just male-female differences in the brain communication. So I usually will ask them, um, 
if he wants solutions or he'll, he'll say, he's really great at saying like, Hey, you know, I've got this problem. What should I do about it? And I love that he values me. And then we, but I never tell him what to do about it. I tell him, well, you could do this or this or this, you know, what do you think is the easiest thing? And then I often will say, if it were me, I'd do this, but you know, the situation better than me, you know, yourself better than you and what works for you. So there's a lot of respect in the way that we give each other brainstorming ideas, right? So, so anyway, when is that kind of sharing? <laughs> when, when, is, when is that too much? Oh, right? when is sharing too much? Yeah. Um, I think each person is different for, for me as a therapist. I don't want to share the gory details of something that could traumatize another person. So I will share umbrella things. Like I will openly share that I'm a survivor of suicide, um, survivor of suicide, which means like I've had a loved one die by suicide. And I will share that I'm an abuse survivor and I have trauma history, but I won't talk about the details without a professional because I don't want to, first of all, I don't want to make my partner, my therapist. And second, I don't want to traumatize my partner. And even work-related, like the number of deaths that I've witnessed in my career and the number of really heart-wrenching grief that I've experienced in my career, I only want to talk about that with other grief professionals. I don't want to expose people to that kind of trauma. Um, So I think you share up into a point, but your, your other person doesn't need to feel like your therapist, right? That they need their own space and you don't want to traumatize another person um, with the details of, of things. That's what professionals are for. Professionals are trained to take care of themselves and to have the ability to recover from those things. And it's not a coffee house conversation. You don't just bring up stuff in yeah. front of like, you know, 30 people at Starbucks and you're going to well, talk about. I got I got to tell you, I do have a few people <laughs> that in my will? life. Well, they have no filter. Well, that's so. Does that feel comfortable for you? Have you it, adjusted to it? No, and and it's. It, I don't know. Feels a little unsafe, maybe. It's not. What's it's not. It's not an unsafe thing when it happens. Mm. Um, remember, I'm the rule guy. We've talked mm. about this before. Oh, what is polite? It's well. I I am not also the polite guy. Oh, okay. Um, you uh, tell me then. So it's the it's not guy. night. It's not it's appropriate it's like it's nobody's what are you doing that this is nobody's business to hear about this it's it's um and it's almost you know when we talk about you know the show is happy and angry yeah it's almost as if some folks are just not Uh, self-aware and i'm i'm wondering could you for a moment talk about emotional intelligence yes yes. because i think you know it's hard to talk about happy and angry when you and i have a baseline commonality of what we're talking about and i'm not sure everybody listening to the show even understands what being self-aware about your emotions is Mm -hmm. so you know intelligence is just your ability to remember things to communicate to solve problems to you know it's an iq and EQ is the other one, emotional intelligence. And it's a term that's been around several decades, but it comes with this idea that you know how to read a room. It's it's even, it's not even about your own self-awareness right. as much as it can be. Can you read a room? Um, is this person getting bored? Is this person f- showing a sign of shock on their face as you're talking? Is this person looking at their watch because maybe they're in a rush and and they've been saying goodbye to you for twenty five minutes? <laughs> I don't, have you ever oh, those that? those kinds of goodbyes, yes. <laughs> the, the the lingering ones, the ones that's like just wake me when it's time to go. <laughs> so, side note: my mother's mother, Velma, God rest her soul, uh, Velma had one of those weird. <laughs> party lines where other people could get on the phone oh, and sure, call yeah. other people at any time. So you never knew when somebody was just going to get on the phone yeah. and use your line to call someone. <laughs> so when she was done with the conversation, it wouldn't even be goodbye. She just hang up on you. 
So there wouldn't uh, be any goodbye. And oh my goodness. With healthcare people, that's how it is too. It's like, I've, I've got to go. I got to tell you the one, it's very funny that you brought that up. Rule, mm-hmm. Scott. Uh, I, we're watching shows like Billions and, and Succession and, oh, right? Really? I'm watching these shows, right? And it's like- Deplorable. Nobody says fucking goodbye to anybody. I know. They're just all so rude. It's I know. Hang up the phone. It's like, Although, what's with that? I have to tell you, like my my friends that are Chicana, Chicano, Chicanx, um, you know, born Latino, but born in the United States or something of that nature. Like one of the other things that I see is the rule of you must say goodbye to every person. So a goodbye can take 30, 45 minutes. You got to prepare to leave the party. I say goodbye to the, I say goodbye to the host and the hostess and any people I actually know. Yes. I have been known to do the general king. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. I'm going now. I I do that sometimes. I also do the Irish goodbye where you just sneak out. Have you heard of that? No, I didn't know that's what it was called, but I I don't, I think it's called the Irish goodbye, but it's probably rude and culturally inappropriate. Ghosting. Is you know you just you just disappear. Disappear. I've been known I, to do I that. I do that. <laughs> anyway, I've never done it to the host and hostess. I always I usually, at least thank them. I usually thank them and say goodbye to them. Typically, yes, yes, unless I feel like they're overloaded, and then that comes from emotional intelligence and knowing your audience. So back to emotional intelligence. Um, is this does this person have the time? Um, are you reading their facial expressions? Are they looking shocked? Are they looking scared? Are they making eye contact with you? Are they looking at their watch? You know, um, are they breathing fast and shallow from the upper lungs? Do you just get a sense of whether or not it's appropriate to bring up a more serious subject in this space? And how do you change the subject when you notice people's uncomfortable tension in their body. So emotional intelligence is recognizing when somebody may be going through another, a a difficult time. It's recognizing your own emotions and whether you're putting them on another person and projecting them on another person. Um, It's self-regulating. So how do I self-regulate my emotions when I get activated and how am I conscious of giving someone else their space and time? So emotional intelligence is complex and it has to do with human interactions and cultural appropriateness too, right? Like body, this is another thing when you cross cultural lines, body space, how close talkers, you know, how, how close do you get to the person that like, if I can feel your breath coming out of your mouth while you're talking to me, you are way too close. Thank thank God. Thank God for the six, the six feet distancing, right? (laughs) I kind of like the six feet distancing, but you know, if you travel, like I've traveled in Taiwan, I've traveled in Japan. If if you travel in places where the population is, or New York, you get used to moving around a more crowded space and your emotional space is more closed in. I find London is similar to that, that, you know, you're on the subway. That's a very different space than if you're in the plaza. All right. So don't you think though, that pre-contextualizing some of this <laughs> it still requires somebody to care yeah it does. you got to care you do and, and the reason I ask that is what what do we because I've noticed this by the way with a number of people lately mm-hmm. um, and for those of you overseas uh, here in the United States we actually still have big bookstores not not the coffee shops not what you might you know what I remember in London um, right. the smaller bookstores, they have certainly got your, you know, your big ones over there as well. But, um, we have separate sections here in the United States, uh, at some of the big bookstores that actually have unfuckwithable sections. And these are all <laughs> the books with the, I don't give a fuck. Don't fuck with me. I'm, you know, it's really, I'm, I'm, they oh, all yeah, have absolutely. the F word in them. Every, it's every book in that section has the F word in it. We should write a book for that section. And so my, we, my question is, I have been running into people that when you say something back to them, their response is, I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah. I, I know they yeah. do, by the way. That's the interesting yeah. thing. They do. Yeah. So what, what, you know, if it's not just happy and angry, what do you do with the folks who present themselves as they just don't give a shit? Right. You I, can't keep, by the way, you can't keep your shit together if you don't give a shit to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's the ultimate way to keep your shit together. No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a defense we, mechanism. We could do a show on that. Yeah, maybe it's a defense mechanism of if, you know, like you say, you quote Lady Gaga, if I scare you first, you can't scare me. If right. I tell you I don't give a fuck, then you can't hurt me, penetrate me, even if I am hurt or penetrated and feel, feel unsafe. Yeah, no, it, I, I understand what you're saying. I hear it could you. Be I some. hear you. I hear you. It's just that the the, the flow is different, right? So if, yeah. I, if I if I scare you first, you can't scare me. Yeah. I am proactively doing something. Right. When someone says to me, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's the, that's actually, on the it's reactive. and it's, it's reactive, reactive. Mm -hmm. because I will tell you if, if any of you get to know me on a personal level, mm -hmm. if I don't give a fuck, mm -hmm. we're not even going to be having a conversation. Mm -mm. You, you won't I, there will never be an There will never be an opportunity for me to say, I don't give a fuck because mm -hmm. I won't be there. You know, my brain is a little bit squirrely attention deficit disorder at the moment. And I'm thinking like, where's the origin of I don't give a fuck? Like, I don't know. That's a good like, question. I don't like, know. Fucking is a pretty powerful experience. The, the reason, the, well, the reason I'm saying that is because as someone who experiences emotions at a high level, yeah. good, bad, good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. Um which by the way means I have no, it's not manic up and down. It's just, right, right, right. I'm, I'm so invested right? that it's, it's hyper-focused for lack of a better way to put it. Right. right. Um, I've never been at that eh, middle level, level. of eh, yeah. I don't care. Well, do you remember Sheldon on Big Bang Theory? We've talked about. I've never yeah. seen the show. Oh, you've that's right. Sorry, you've never seen it. So he's like a super genius, and because he's spending all his time on string theory and super geniusy things, a lot of normal things don't interest him. But he does. He does present like neuro, like not neurotypical, um, and so sometimes I don't know. Maybe people just. Oh, I know. We saw a commercial one of the kardashian skin product and it was <laughs> on this foreign foreign uh show i'm sorry i'm talking so much about tv but it was on a for, like an australian show that we love to watch and it was like the same commercial over and over again oh, yeah. and brian comes in and he's like oh, don't give a fuck about your skin here <laughs> it was just really funny because we were like bored you know if we have to watch a commercial could at least be a different commercial so I get that people can be uninterested in certain things. Well, I'm going to interrupt you here because maybe okay. I didn't say it correctly. It's not okay. an uninterested thing. Uh -huh. We're doing a show about it's not all happy and angry. Right. But what do you do about the people who do not have enough self-awareness and or don't really give a fuck? Yeah. And so it's like they just blurt out everything. It's like vomit of the, oh. the, of the stream of consciousness yeah. It's because it's not all because it's not all happy and sad or uh -huh. happy and angry, uh -huh. you're getting all of these ranges of emotion just out into the world. Oh. You know, what do we do as the, if we're playing baseball, right? They're pitching and we're catching. Well, you might decide that you're done catching. Not like, especially if it's, you know, it's, there's no give and take, you know, if that person's yeah. not, um, you know, they're vomiting whatever they need to share and express, I'll just say a nicer word. They're expressing whatever does matter to them. And they forget to say, so how are you, Scott? How are you, Michelle? If you're noticing that a conversation with this person is 90% them and 10% you, we might be looking at a whole other thing. We might be looking at some depression or self some some narcissism i i don't know it's hard for me to know without being that that's where my emotional intelligence gets in the room and starts to feel those mirror neurons right. firing so for those listeners who don't mm -hmm. have your background 
yeah. who, who may not have even heard of emotional intelligence, or if they have, don't know how to deploy it. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of tools, because we're coming into the holidays now here, both yes. every, everywhere. Oh, yeah, particularly, drunk people. <laughs> but particularly things, yeah, where the filters come completely off. Yes. Um, or what, what is it? God, what is the, the old joke about Thanksgiving is where we get everybody together so we can hate all in one place and then everybody leaves. Um, you oh, know, it's like the old, si- it's like, well, it's like the old Seinfeld thing, right? Yes. Festivus. Yes. Festivus, yes. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> um, you know, what, what kind of tools do you suggest yeah. oh, for them? Good. Just, just on a practical level that yeah. the common person who doesn't have you know, a master's, a PhD, or even right. even self-help book training. Right, um, right. How do they survive? Okay, so great, great idea. If this conversation you're in or this interaction you're in feels like work, like heavy lifting, like exhausting, it's draining you, excuse yourself. Go, I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, I need a drink of water. Like just excuse yourself. Um for me, when I've had some past experiences with holiday gatherings and it hasn't been so pleasant, I look for the pets and the kids and I go hang out with them because they usually have a lot of joy and, or with the pets, they have a lot of peace. So even if the world is kind of going crazy, if you're petting the cat or you're petting the dog or you're playing fetch with the dog, you can find your own joy in the, you know, off in the corner, or if you're playing with the kids down on the floor, like go find the kids and the pets. If, if that's your thing, excuse yourself from the conversation. Don't be afraid to leave early. Like there's no rule that you have to stay the whole time. If you're miserable, don't be afraid to leave early. Even if it's um, your house. Oh, even if it's, even if it's your house, even if it's your um, house, you just leave. Yes. As someone said, uh, a live attendee said, do rats and mice count? I mean, if they're petable, yes. Or if you can feed them little cheese or, <laughs> you know, if they entertain, go fish count, you know, just find a place. Now, if it's, if it's your house, that doesn't mean you can't go hide in the bathroom for a while. Sooner or later, people will look around and go, uh, where did Scott's Michelle go? Even, where did Michelle go? Where's Scott? Go? I guess maybe we should go. <laughs> um, so, you know, or it's okay for you to announce if it's been a while, it's okay for you to announce, okay, guys, you know, we've got a lot on our to-do list tomorrow. It's okay for you to say, why don't we wind down and we've loved having you or end with a big gratitude speech if you want to about how, you know, and thank you for coming. And then people will slowly kind of, oh, I guess it's time to go. Um, but I will tell you um, some distress tolerance tools. If you do start to feel like it's heavy lifting and it's work, of course, breathe, breathe into your belly, try to calm yourself. This isn't forever. I can get through this. This is five minutes. I can handle this. Or if, if worse, if you flip your lid because the person pushes your buttons and you didn't get away, you didn't get away to calm yourself, immediately go and do the repair work you know, don't run off in the corner and have that person leave, go and say to them, I'm sorry, hosting everybody was stressful or holiday time can be a stressful time for us. And I, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Use the four four lines from Ho'oponopono. I've done it by the way. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Yes, exactly. That's a great tool. Uh, If you can, for this person that's spewing on you, maybe tap into some empathy what's going on with them that they're sharing so much right now? Can I empathize with them? Um, what, you know, have I ever been in a place where I've been like this and really appreciated someone listening to me? Can I give back to this other person for what someone else gave to me? Um, so those are some of my tips on a, on any kind of party gathering. Uh, I, and I, <laughs> I, I'm going to add to that, but make it a little more one-on-one if you don't okay, mind. Sure. And I'm going to read everybody a quote that I, that I love is from Carlos Castaneda. I think most of us my age grew up with Carlos Castaneda. Um, and when I say this to you, I, I use this as a way to understand what I'm hearing on the other end. Okay. Because not everybody, right, when, when we do a show that's entitled, it's not all happy and angry, 
Uh-huh. Um, I go back to motivation, right? I'm a, I'm a cause and effect guy. I'm the failure root failure analysis guy. I'm the, mm-hmm. I'm the one that finds patterns in what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this quote to you. And I think that may open up a, a great way to end the show or, or at least further the discussion, Michelle, if I might. Yeah. Um, the basic difference between an ordinary man and a warrior is that a warrior takes everything as a challenge while an ordinary man takes everything as a blessing or a curse. Oh, that's nice. And the reason I bring this up is, you know, and I've had discussions with my wife, everything Mm -hmm. to me, and I'm not suggesting whether you label yourself ordinary or a warrior. I'm saying (laughs) everything to me is a challenge. Everything, Mm -hmm. this show, and it's fun. It's a game. It's a mm-hmm. puzzle to be solved. I'm always looking for patterns. Everything, mm-hmm. I presume everything will be a challenge. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. That mm-hmm. means there's a challenge. I'm going to meet it. I'm up for it. And I've mentioned before the movie, Michael, um, if you have with John Travolta, right? And, oh, yes. Uh, John Travolta plays the archangel the angel. Michael. <laughs> and they're, you know, he's walking down the road and there's a freaking bull in the pasture next door. And he says to the people with him, I'll be back with you in a moment. And he goes over and he and the bull take it head on in the field. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it's a challenge to be met. It's a game to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to run into people like me who everything is a good challenge everything yeah, is sure. let's meet life at its fullest live life to its fullest let's push the push what we can to the fullest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when you don't meet them if you just understand that the people talking to you mm-hmm. well it may sound happy or angry to you mm-hmm. if you go to that route are they experiencing something as a blessing or a curse? It mm. may help you to understand some of the root causes of what you're hearing from them. And and from that, develop some empathy or compassion. Well, you know, we we can point? talk we can talk about empathy and compassion and sympathy and all of that. Uh-huh. But ultimately, and again, I think this may be where you and I veer off on different railroad tracks, uh-huh. right? I look at human beings as giant walking computers okay. that, that run programs that are literally on these train tracks. Okay. The train tracks take us somewhat uh, it, it, without volition yeah. down the road, right? How many times yeah. have you said, oh, you know, I, I've, I've lost my train of thought. Yes. Um, there's a reason that we get carried away with this. I'm looking mm-hmm. for well, which station did the train leave from? <laughs> and which station is the train going to? Because the track isn't changing. All that's going to happen is you're on the wrong train. <laughs> or the train's getting there a little early, or it's getting there a little late, or whatever. Mm. Um, so I'm looking at it not as compassion, empathy, whatever. I'm looking at it as programming. Mm. And that sometimes when I see people happy, sad, et cetera, uh, mm. or angry, it's just a program they're running. Mm. And the station that they're leaving from is, are they looking at whatever they're talking about as a blessing or a curse? Okay. I'm I'm trying to figure out where I fall in this. And I probably am way too integrated as a therapist for my own good. No, I think that's what what adds to this show is the fact that (laughs) sometimes I look at it and it's, it's because I've been known to say you have a past, get over it. Yes, I have, I've heard you say that. Yeah. yeah, you would never say that, Michelle. Oh, I probably wouldn't. No, I would say you have a past. You know, Go to Michelle. I, I would say like <laughs> like let's reprogram your past. So it's wait, wait, wait. I just came up. With, I just came up with a great branding tool for you. Oh yes. You have a past. Go to Michelle. <laughs> if you have a past, you need Michelle. So silly. <laughs> but I'm thinking about all the times that I've been on a train and half the time I'm focused on where I came from and where I went to the other half of the time I'm looking around the train and going, where did these people come from? And why are they on the same train as yeah, me? And is, well, there somebody, exactly. is there somebody here that I'm supposed to connect with or learn from or 
support in some way. It's a really strange experience. I'm not always that way. Sometimes I put my headphones on and put my head down and listen to music and enjoy my own world. But you but, just, you brought up a very interesting thing. Have you ever gotten on a train, uh -huh. found out you're on the wrong one and gotten off? Uh, I, I have, particularly I in London. I have not. I, I have, I have not. I've thought I've been on the wrong train and been really grateful. I, I have missed the right train many times. <laughs> in Philadelphia, I missed the right train. And had to wait another 30 something minutes because Philadelphians are so helpful. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, but no, I haven't gotten on the wrong train. I've been afraid I'm on the wrong train and found out that I'm on the right train. That's so happened the, a lot. <laughs> take that experience. And I think anybody who's been around this type of, of uh, transportation option knows what we're talking about, right? We've yes. all experienced it. And just imagine that as we're moving into the holidays in particular, but just every day of the week, a lot of times when you're talking to someone, they're on the train of happiness or on the train of anger, and they don't know any better. Oh, okay. And that train is going to take them wherever that train track has been built over their lifetime. Uh, and I, I guess for me, I'm like, oh, so we're on this journey. And, and for like, the, these two stops, it was anger and then it's sadness and then it's happy and then it's hopeful and then it's disappointment. And so it's one long train trip with a lot of change. <laughs> yeah. And so the, again, we can probably, we could probably do a whole show on um, the, the, the baggage that you carried with you on the train. Oh, that's true. I know. How, how heavy is your baggage? That's yeah. absolutely true. So, I mean, I hope that, I hope that talking about this has been helpful for, for people that it, it, part of being human is having emotions, whether you're on a train that changes or a train that holds its emotion for a long period of time, doesn't really matter, but being, having emotions is a normal human experience and learning to cope with them you know, not necessarily change them, but feel them and observe them and let them flow through you is a very helpful tool for being human. Yeah. I want to underscore just for the final here. I want to underscore what Michelle said at the very beginning. And we talked about in the last episode, and that's a CBT journal, a cognitive mm -hmm. behavioral therapy journal. Uh, you can, there are plenty of them and they are no cost. They're complimentary, not complimentary because they want you to buy in, but you can, <laughs> you can get free CBT journals for your phone. Yes. So that while you're on the train or while you're in your car and not driving, um, you know, you take a break from work or you take a respite at home, you can mark down, this is how I'm feeling. And I've done this and it's very fascinating to go back and look at the pattern, how often you're happy, how often you're angry, how often you feel any of these other emotions. And some of them, I think the last one I played with, or toyed around with uh, and tested, you just had different faces different emojis that you could i mean it was mm. that easy boom 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 um it's kind of like your dude magnets yeah mood dudes mm -hmm. um so all right I, I, again hopefully this helps everybody i um, hope so too next week uh we will be past thanksgiving here in the u.s uh but moving into uh the, the end of the year winter the winter holidays mm -hmm. and we're going to be talking about gratitude i mean i know mm -hmm. you would think that we would do it today but we're going to actually talk about it after the fact because mm -hmm. i i think that uh, uh i'm a, well i don't think i'm a big believer in the steve jobs concept of looking back and connecting the dots mm -hmm. you don't look forward and connect the dots mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about gratitude next week and uh, how that all plays out in your life anything you want to end with michelle I'm wishing all of you a good week. I just, I know that the holidays as the, as the winter gets in, the weather gets colder, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. And it can be difficult to lose the freedom of going outside and enjoying warm weather. So I just encourage you to adapt and find good ways to take care of yourself this week. I care about you and I 
I hope you have a good week. And if you need help with your life through the holidays, reach out to people like Michelle, uh, licensed therapists who can help you talk through this, work through this, because um, th there is help. You are not alone. And Scott, reach out to you. you you're doing all kinds of great things. What are some of the thank things you. that people can connect with you about? Um, well, right just, well uh, thank you for asking. Um, real, mm -hmm. real quickly, coming up, just go to my website, thinkingmagically.com, uh, and I'm going to be working through uh, the four power words for 2023. We're going to be doing it here as well, uh -huh. but it won't be exactly the way of just a, a very condensed, concentrated uh, half hour. Uh, and then uh, next year, uh, you can get on, if you go to my website, you can see the waiting list concept for uh, a new mastermind group that I've got Ooh. coming up. It's an extension of the one I have, um, but it's kind of expanding out and focusing primarily on people who are creative and intuitive, uh, which will lead into our show because I'm going to work with the people who are very extrovert and very introvert. And, and have no freaking business sense at all. They just, they know their emotions <laughs> and how they are. So uh -huh. uh, we're, we're going to be it. talking about how to literally have uh, a hypnosis or therapist or fortune teller or actor or magician business when you have that kind of personality mm. uh, that reaches out and touches everybody. Or as I like to say, you create meaning for others. Mm. How about we create meaning for you? Absolutely. Yes. With that, everybody here in the U.S., have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us today. Please like, share, comment. Uh, we appreciate you. I have not looked at, I should pull this up real quick and thank you all uh, for our current, let's see if I can get it up here. Our international audience, is that what you're looking for? No, I'm just looking at the, the, the numbers uh, that are in here because I think it's gone up again. Ooh. Um, so yeah, we're we're almost at 6600 views now. Thank um, you. And the audience is continuing to grow and we really really appreciate uh, the the continued support and everything that you've done. By the way, our top rated episode so far is still the do it yourself deflector rings. I just oh, like, so I find that's that so, so cute. funny. That's um, so cute. Maybe you can make one for a friend at the holidays. There you go. There's there's a, <laughs> yeah, so it's episode 136 in case you're uh, uh, wondering. And we had on a guest, Sherry Williams. All right. With that, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.